Hey, everybody. Good evening. Jacob Robery with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Hope everybody's having a great evening this week. And I know you guys are probably uh, easing into the work week this week, coming off of Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know we did. Um, got a, a very much needed day off, extra day off this weekend. Um, you know, with being in the marine industry and the boating industry, it is a busy time of year for me personally. Um, and it was nice to have that Monday off this week, guys. But I want to start out the show by saying not only was it a great weekend, beautiful weather here in South Louisiana, but it's also a time to reflect back and kind of give back our thank yous to all of you who have served in our military and continue to serve in our military um, to protect our country and give us the freedoms that, you know, we experience and are able to experience here in the, our great country. And I know that often goes, um, it's, it seems like it's a cliche in most cases, but, you know, I personally make a effort, guys, to, to teach my boys coming up to um, always thank our military veterans when we see somebody that uh, either is a, a you know a veteran or a current active military member, I go out of my way to make sure that uh, I thank them for their service. And I've been trying to really work with the boys since they've been little, uh, doing the same thing with them. And I, it's just something that I, I make an effort to go out of my way to to walk over to a veteran or walk over to an active military uh, personnel and you know shake their hands, introduce myself, and just thank them for the service uh, that they provide to our country in order to keep us free and, uh, you know, live in the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, thank you to all of you who have served and continue to serve from all of us here at Last Stop Waterfowl. It means a lot to us. Um, and, you know, we just want that to go without, you know, uh, you know, I know a lot of people say it sometimes goes without, you know, justification or, or notice, but I want to make it, you know, a point to thank everybody out there who has served and is continuing to serve today. Uh, but with that being said, guys, beautiful weather this past weekend here for Memorial Day weekend. It's always the time of year where a lot of you hit the water. A lot of you guys are out in the boats. Uh, you're partaking in outdoor activities. And we couldn't have had better weather this past weekend. Um, you know, kind of unusual, I have to say. Uh, you know, we had a cold front that moved through the area. And here we were the last week in May. Uh, which is highly unusual for, for South Louisiana or, uh, you know, this time of year. But that's exactly what we got. We had lows in uh, right around 59 degrees, which for those of you who are from here and especially South Louisiana below the, uh, the I-10 line, uh, you know that's not real common. We don't really have that at this time of year. So what a welcome, uh, welcome bit of weather that we experienced this past weekend in order for us to get out there and enjoy some outdoor activities which is exactly what we did this weekend, and I hope you guys were able to do it uh, as well. From the looks of it, from social media, uh, a lot of you guys were out there on the water um, or you were at least out there grilling in the yard, doing something, a lot of balls, still boiling crawfish, you know, still boiling crawfish here in South Louisiana. Crawfish is still going strong. Um, and we're also going to talk about some other uh, you know, balls that are available to us now at this time of year, which we actually went out and uh, participated in this weekend. Got to take a, uh, a trip down, down the uh, down the road, not too far from here in Gonzales, Louisiana, and did uh, did some 
some hunting of a different sort, which I'll explain to you guys uh, here shortly as we get a little bit further along. But I wanted to also take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to last week's episode. Those of you who who messaged me this week and said, hey, I really enjoyed the show last week. Uh, I, you know, with the guest that we had on, uh, Travis Laurent, we had, uh, you know, uh, Jackson Robery on the show. My son Jackson joined us and uh, Mr. Jared Hughes, a good friend of mine. They all joined us on last week's episode. It was the first episode that we did our live stream that you guys are watching here on YouTube and we're able to view on YouTube to go uh, go along with all the regular podcast platforms that we stream the podcast on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, you know, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so it was a big week for us. Um, we did go much longer than expected, I have to say, last week. So I do apologize for those of, uh, of you who tune in and don't necessarily like a podcast that goes an hour and a half. But you know what? We had a lot of uh, stuff to talk about. And when you get guests, especially all of us in one room talking, you never know what's going to come up. We're going to joke. We're going to cut up. And we're going to have a good time. So um, I know a lot of you guys did enjoy it. You messaged me this week and told me, hey, I watched it on YouTube, streamed it on YouTube and watched it. Uh, or I listened to it on, you know, my normal podcast platform that I listen to all my podcasts on. So I really appreciate that. It, it's a it's a great feeling to communicate with you guys, as I mentioned before. Um, and I enjoy doing it on a weekly basis as often as we can, guys. We try to do it every week with you uh, here on Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. And if we can't usually do it, it's it's because life, real life, is just getting in the way. You know, this is a freelance uh, thing that we have that we started a couple of years back, and it's kind of grown and it's progressed, and we've learned a lot in the uh, in the podcasting side of it. And now we're kind of breaking out into the video side with YouTube on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're starting to do some streaming there with the podcast. So who knows where it's going to go? Uh, but you know, we're having fun with it. I love inviting guests on the show. And now with the streaming capability, I think we'll be able to uh, invite some guests in. You guys could see them, who they actually are when we're talking to them. And I, I hope you guys are going to enjoy that side of it because uh, that's what we're trying to do is make the show more enjoyable for all of uh, all of you who tune in on a weekly basis. So you also noticed this week, guys, which I had it last week, but I didn't really mention it. Uh, I just had a birthday a couple of weeks back. May 19th is my birthday. I turned 42 years old. Uh, old man, now I'm getting old. I can see the double chin now kicking in a little bit. Uh, you know, who's from South Louisiana and, and from Louisiana in general and don't like to eat, man? It's, it's that time of year. We have all our crawfish balls uh, going on and, and just good food in general here in Louisiana. That's, that's what's great about living in the Bayou State and in Sportsman's Paradise. Uh, you know, we do a lot of hunting, we do a lot of fishing, so it provides a lot of good food for us and delicacies here in Louisiana. So I wouldn't have it any other way. But I did turn 42 years old a couple of weeks ago, and my wife, she was uh she had been hearing me talk about maybe getting some merch and stuff like that for the uh for the podcast just to kind of do a little bit of advertising. And she went ahead and she surprised me with a new cap uh in my favorite color, which is camo of course it's camo that's my favorite color uh i get people ask me all the time they say hey what's your favorite color you know i say camo don't really matter what pattern i just like camo um i love the old mossy oak bottom land that's something that i really enjoy uh the old school patterns uh but she went ahead and she surprised me with a hat 
uh, for my birthday. So you can see it right there, guys. Last stop waterfowl outdoors. So I have to say, very excited to have that. She bought me, Jackson, and Hudson, my youngest son, each a one, just to get it out there. Hey, it don't hurt to do a little bit of advertising. And, and, and in the meantime, we have a new hunting cap for hunting season. So uh, you guys often see us on video. You'll see us wearing the rock and the camo. And, uh, and she knows I love camo, so I really appreciate her going out and doing that. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a really nice hat, so I enjoy it. You know, we get a lot of questions uh, from people saying, hey, are you guys going to uh, end up selling some, some merch, you know, as far as hats and shirts and stuff like that? And at one time when I had a, my, my fishing tackle company, that's something that I did do. Uh, we had started selling T-shirts and we started selling caps and stuff like that. We even had some beanies and stuff like that. And to be honest with you guys, I really don't know if, I, if it's something that I want to do again. Uh, mainly, I, I, might, I could get you guys, if you're interested, something maybe to do uh, with a hat like we have here. Or maybe uh, I might work up a couple of hats with our actual Last Stop Waterfowl logo on it. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. But the, everybody is selling merch nowadays, you know. And that's the thing. It's like it seems like it's bombarded with merchandise. Uh, you walk into your local sporting goods store and every company that's out there has their hats, their shirts. And to be honest with you, I don't know if it's something that I really want to get involved in again because it's so competitive. It's not something that you're going to make a bunch of money off of. It ends up costing you more money in most cases than it does uh, bringing in money. But at the end of the day, it is good advertising, you know. So if you got guys who, who purchase it, it is good advertising, which is the, which is the, uh, the upside to it. Uh, but like I said, you know, when you're having to focus on a podcast, you're also doing video for the YouTube channel, uh, working a full-time job, and then you're doing merchandise on the side, trying to keep up with orders and sell all that. It could be really time-consuming, and I'd rather bring you guys good content with the podcast on a weekly basis or as often as we can at least uh, and try to bring you guys some some new videos uh, as we get out there and outdoors. So. I kind of want to focus most of my time on that instead of necessarily clothing and stuff like that. But if uh, any of you are interested in a hat or a shirt, something like that, we could probably get some made up here locally, uh, support a local business here in Gonzales in my hometown, and uh, and we could probably get some stuff out for you guys. So if you want to rock the last stop waterfowl name on a, on a uh, camo, cool camo hat like Amy made for us here or something like that, you guys could shoot me a personal message. Uh, or, you know, shoot me a text message, however you prefer. And I could, I could get you guys a price on that and, uh, and get that set up for us, I'm sure. So, but, uh, yeah, really excited with the, with the birthday gift guys. Besides that, man, just normal life. We getting ready to, uh, to take a vacation this weekend with the family. So I'm, I'm hopping on this week. We're going to probably keep this episode, uh, you know, definitely shorter than we were last week. Uh, just to kind of balance things out from a week to week basis, but, uh, we're getting ready to head on vacation. We have the family. We're going to be packing up this weekend. We are headed out to Tennessee, which normally we take a beach vacation in the summer, but we're going to change things up this year. We're going to get the boys, uh, up to Tennessee. We're going to head out to a, a little community right outside of Nashville, maybe take in some sites, uh, you know, in Nashville. And uh, we rented a, a actual farmhouse is what we rented uh, with a big, nice swimming pool. We have property. We could kind of go out and do some sightseeing on. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, that's a, that's something that we, you know, we look forward to every year is taking a family vacation. The kids out of school now, 
lot of you who have kids, you know they're probably uh, playing sports right now, just like my boys are. Um, and it's a full-time job when you have all that going on. So um, if you're not doing that, you're trying to do your best to get outside. You're trying to do some fishing. Uh, not much hunting going on right now because not many seasons are open or actually any seasons are open right now other than maybe a little bit of hog hunting in specific areas. But uh, most of you guys are probably on the water right now. Um, and that's something that the fishing, you know, with all the rain that we got has been really tough here in Louisiana over the last month or so. Just because of the amount that we got here, had another flood. of uh quite a bit of, of uh, you know floodwaters uh and unfortunately when that happens you get a lot of people that uh you know have to experience the flooding that a bunch of us did back in 2016 so mother nature's been very very weird to us this year in 2021 it seems like it, it is either you know severe weather or we have beautiful a couple stretch of beautiful days like we had this past weekend for memorial day weekend but um you know, something that I wanted to tell you guys and talk to you guys about that we got to do was this past weekend for Memorial Day, we uh, we decided we weren't going to do any any fishing or traditional fishing like bass fishing, sackleye fishing, none of that, because the water systems have been so messed up here in, uh, in our area that it's just, it's been tough. I have to admit, it's been very tough. Uh, Lake Verrett, that's an area that we go to quite often. We do uh, several of our videos that we filmed this year. We're in the Lake Verrett area. Um, it's been extremely high over the last couple of weeks, so it's been really jacked up. Uh, the fishing has been tough in that area. You look at the Chafalaya Basin Spillway, it hasn't been, uh, you know, on a, on a steady fall. So the water's been up a little bit higher than I like it uh, to be in order to start going there and do some sockeye, do some bass fishing. Uh, but it is that time of year where, you know, the brim fishing can be real, real good good right now if you have a spot that got stable water uh you could definitely go and catch some is in my hometown where i grew up of ville platte louisiana uh, you guys have heard us talk about miller's lake uh, which is there's two lakes in evangelum parish that are well known most of you usually are going to hear the name miller's lake or you're going to hear chico lake which is uh home to chico state park the largest state park here in Louisiana. And I grew up on both of those lakes. And, uh, you know, in the summertime, this time of year, as we get into uh, into late May, into June, uh, Miller's Lake is phenomenal for pan fishing, especially brim fishing. You get those those big bull brim, those true bull brim, those big black, uh, black colored with orange, you know, a little bit of orange. And uh, it seems like they got those stripes on them. They, they get massive. They get big. They're not a hybrid brim, but they're just a, a, what they, you know, we grew up calling bull brim. And uh, the brim action has been real hot over there on the days where you could get it, where it's, uh, you know, accessible. The winds aren't too bad on the lake. Um, and I've been getting some reports out of Millers that uh, they've been catching the, the, the catches of bull brim have been going up uh, every week. It's been getting a little bit better and better. So that's a hot area. If you may be looking to get out, do some pan fishing with the family, uh, you may want to take a ride over to Ville Platte, Louisiana, and head to Miller's Lake um, and do some fishing. So that's that's one place that I can tell you guys has been really, really strong for pan fishing. 
Um, another place that's been really strong, and I, I called uh, last weekend at last minute, see if we can maybe get a place to stay up in uh, uh, Lake Concordia. Um, I called one of the local marinas up in Lake Concordia last week, and I was talking to the owner, and he was telling me, he said that the water has stabilized up on, on Lake Concordia. Um, the fishing has been very, very good for bass fishing lately. Um, they had had some tournaments that have been going on over the last couple of weekends, and it was taking about 16, anywhere from 15 to 17 pounds, I think is what he told me to win it. So, you know, for late later in the spring or early summer like we are now, uh, you know, Lake Concordia seems to be blossoming really late this year. Um, I know that's traditionally been a spot that you could hit during earlier in the year for the spawn, and it produces some big stringers, but it's nice to see that those big stringers are still being caught as we get ready to head into June, guys. So, uh, you know, he told me, he said, Jacob, he said, it's really tough to book a room right now. He said, I don't have very much vacancies, uh, especially Memorial Day weekend, which I, I took a shot in the dark. I called, you know, last minute just to see. I was thinking about running us up there for the weekend, maybe do a little bit of bass fishing with the family. We could go out, eat at some of the local restaurants and just support some of the local community businesses, including the marina. Uh, which I love to go to Lakeview Lodge. That's the place I like to go out of when I fish Lake Concordia. Uh, and the, the the people over there are phenomenal from my experience I've had with them as far as accommodating you, whether you're just going for a day of fishing or you're looking to book a room. Uh, Lakeview Lodge is a place I highly recommend. Uh, give them a call, guys. Try to book something way ahead of time if you're thinking about making a trip up to Lake Concordia. But if you're looking to do some bass fishing in an area that's got some stable water right now, uh, Lake Concordia might be a place you guys want to take a look at. So, uh, I can tell you that's been a couple of hot spots, Miller's Lake for the pan fishing, um, and Lake Concordia for some bass fishing right now, but it's not too far down the road, guys. It's going to be turning on. Um, if we could get this water to stabilize here, uh, you know, in South Louisiana, the spillway is on a slight fall right now, the Chafalaya Basin spillway. So you're going to have your areas like Henderson, uh, you know, Bayou Pigeon, Bayou Sorrel, uh, Bell River, all those areas that got so much rainfall just dumped on them over the last couple of weeks. That water starting to make its way out of there or has already cleared out in a lot of areas. Uh, and that spillway, the Chafalaya River, is on a slight fall. So it's not far away, guys, from it being on fire like you traditionally going to get that fall in summertime. So um, I'm kind of chomping at the bit. I'm waiting. I'm hoping that once we get back from vacation, that spillway has dropped a little bit more, and uh, and it's right where that water's between the banks, and we could go and we could catch some fish, man. I'm looking forward to getting on some of those big sackalay in the spillway because, personally, that is my favorite place to fish. Uh, you know, one of my favorite places. Let me say that in Louisiana, there. I have fished many, many different areas, and. Still to this day, I tell people that one of the most beautiful places I've ever fished is the Chafalaya Basin. Uh, you know, whether you're in the northern part of the basin, the south part of the basin, man, it, it is absolutely gorgeous. There's nothing like flipping big giant cypress trees that have been there for, for hundreds of years. Um, and it's it's the largest, the largest freshwater swamp in the United States right here in our own backyard. So we're very blessed to have it. Um, and I, I, I look forward to that water level getting where it needs to be to go out and catch, catch some fish, do some bass fishing and, uh, and have a good time with the family. But, uh, but something we did do guys that it is 
it is on like Donkey Kong absolutely on fire right now, and which is why you guys see the title of the podcast this week, Time to Break Out the Crab Nets, is because it is time to break out the crab nets, guys. Crabbing is absolutely on fire right now. The crabs are running here in South Louisiana right now, whether you are in the marshes, Lake Maripal, um, right there in the Manchac Pass. As I've got some reports lately of the uh, beautiful uh, blue crabs moving into Lake Maripal, right at the entrance where uh, the Manchac Pass is, coming from Lake Pontchartrain through the pass into Lake Maripal. Those of you who are from that area or have fished that area before, you will know what we're talking about. Uh, there's been some reports of, of uh, big numbers of crabs being caught in that area, especially it was really on fire just a couple of weeks before the, uh, the rains came a few weeks ago and all that fresh water was dumped on us. Um, it was really on fire in that area from what I was told. I didn't get to personally make a trip. Uh, we were planning on doing it with the family. But, uh, you know, once we got that weather system that moved in and dumped all that rain on us, I never got the opportunity to make that uh, to make that trip. But there are other areas, guys, right now that I could verify are on fire from, you know, accurate reports of buddies of mine that have gone out and crapped. And then we took a trip this past weekend on Memorial Day, there were some crabs being caught down in the Bonnicary Spillway. Um, and those of you who are familiar with the Bonnicary Spillway, you know that it can be a, a very, very uh, rewarding area for crabs and fishing, both. Um, so we did get a report uh, that the Bonnicary had turned on. They were catching crabs. And uh, we decided we were going to make a trip out with the family, which we did on Sunday. And uh, we were planning a big crab bowl with some friends of ours that afternoon. So we uh, we had some shrimp saved off to the side that we wanted to put in a bowl. And uh, we said, hey, we want to go down. We want to catch some crabs. And those of you who know my wife personally, my wife is this big. She's a little tiny thing. And when I tell you that girl is ate up with eating crabs, she could absolutely destroy some crabs. So you talk about crabs and you say the word crabs are running and she's all ears. She's ready to go. And, uh, and she was just that whenever, uh, I told her, I said, Hey, I got a couple of reports. We need to go check this out. You want to go do some crabbing? She was all in. She wanted to get the boys involved in it. And, uh, and we decided we were going to make a trip down there and do a little bit of crabbing. So, uh, now, you know, me growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of experience crabbing. I have to be honest with you. We did a little bit of crabbing growing up. Uh, we go down to Holly beach, all those areas. Growing up in Evangeline Parish, we weren't around a whole lot of uh, areas that had crabs, uh, unless you had maybe some freshwater crabs kind of come into some of the bayous and, you know, tributaries. But it's not something my parents did a whole lot. We didn't go out and go crabbing a whole lot other than I remember us going down to Holly Beach a few times. Um, and we do a little bit of crabbing on strings off of the side of the road or off of the bridges, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just something to pass the time. Uh, they were more worried about drinking beer and cooking and have a good time. And we would we would just do a little bit of crabbing to pass the time as kids and keep us busy, which, uh, you know, we caught some. But I didn't grow up like, you know, those of you who are here in South Louisiana that, you know, go out and really know how to crab and have traps set up or, you know, pods and all that type of stuff. Um, so I'm not I, I guess my point is what I'm trying to say is I'm not really equipped for that. But as I have, uh, you know, become more accustomed to the way it's done here in South Louisiana, it uh, it's something my wife loves to do. 
Um, it's something that you could get the kids involved and get them, uh, you know, keep them busy uh, when the fish aren't biting or, you know, the fishing's not real, real good at the time because of high water levels like we've experienced lately. So, you know, getting them out there and doing some crabbing, it could keep them occupied. It's something that they enjoy. And at the end of the day, we could have a, a ball when we get home and invite friends over. And it's just, you know, it's a good thing for everybody to enjoy. So uh, with that being said, you know, not being set up with the with the materials, uh, I, we called on my brother-in-law. He's, uh, he's somebody who, if you need something in the outdoors and you don't have it, he's probably got it. Uh, so him and my father-in-law, you know, my wife's, my wife's brother and, uh, father, they are always prepared. They grew up here in South Louisiana their whole lives. Uh, some of the old traditional, uh, equipment that you can't find in the stores anymore. Chances are they got it and it was passed down to them through the generations. So, uh, we called up brother-in-law, asked him, said, Hey, we look, we, we thinking about making a crabbing trip. Uh, could we possibly borrow some nets from you? So he set us up with some crab nets. And guys, when I tell you these these specific crab nets we were using were very nice. These were handcrafted, hand sewn crab nets. And those of you who are from South Louisiana, you probably have family members that have done the very same thing, constructed these crab nets. Uh, you know, to out of you know just sewn them together, handcrafted, good quality. And uh, that's what these were. So whenever I borrow these things and, and, and my wife, she said it, she said, we cannot, we have to make sure. She said, baby, we have to make sure that we don't hang these nets up on anything, that if we get hung up on one, we have to make sure that we get it off. We have to return these things exactly like we received them is her words that she said. And when I tell you she means it, she means it because that's exactly what we have to do or else We'll have to hear about it from brother-in-law, and we'll never, we'll never live that down. So, that's exactly what we did. We made every effort we could to, to keep those crab nets, those that have been passed down to him. Which, look, I get it, guys. It's a, it's a family. It's like a family heirloom that's passed down from generation to generation. You want to keep that uh, intact. You want to keep that tradition alive. Uh, it's something that you pass down through the family from generation to generation. He's gonna want to you know, handed down to his kids later on. So yeah, it is important. It's like me with a firearm, uh, you know, a shotgun that I duck hunt with, or, you know, a shotgun that I squirrel hunt with, or maybe a rifle that I deer hunt with. Uh, that's important to us, you know, and when it comes to these crab nets here in Louisiana, that's something that's like passed down from generation to generation, then guess what? You want to take care of it. You want to preserve that, that tradition. You want to preserve that equipment and you want to make it uh, last so you can pass it on down to the next generation as well. So we uh, we ended up borrowing about uh, six or seven crab pods or nets from him. And uh, and like I said, very highly constructed uh, nets, guys, double ring nets. <coughs> Excuse me. Double ring nets. Uh, and something that we could go in the boat, we could throw them off the side of the boat, bait them up with some turkey necks. Uh, my wife went down to the grocery store on Friday. Uh, she knew we were planning on making a trip, and we had heard that uh, they were biting on, on turkey necks. So she went over to the grocery store. She had everything lined up when I knocked off work uh, for us to go the next day. She had the ice chest. Uh, like I mentioned, this girl loves crabs. She absolutely loves crabs, and she'll kill or cut somebody over a crab if she can have a crab ball. So she's all in, and she's serious like I am when it comes to waterfowl hunting or fishing. 
Uh, so I get it. I get it. You know, and I'm not going to – I want to take her out there, enjoy it, and I want her to have a good time. And uh, and that's exactly what we did. So she had everything planned. She had all the bait ready to go. The ice chest loaded down. We had our ice. We had our drinks. Uh, and we what we decided to take, we, we didn't want to take my bass boat. I wasn't going to take my, my, my range of bass boat to, to go out there and do some crab. And so I said, you know what? I said, we're going to take the hunting boat, the duck boat. We're going to go out there. We're going to uh, – just take it. It'll fit us four, no problem. Uh, which I was kind of nervous, I have to admit, because I haven't ran it since hunting season ended. Uh, so I said, you know, hopefully, I said, I'm going to check it out the day before. Everything's good to go. I have a 35 long tail uh, mud motor that I use during hunting season on my boat. I have a, six, a 648 LDV War Eagle uh, that I, I hunt out of, and I absolutely love that boat. Uh, that's my second War Eagle boat that I've had in my in my past and they have been phenomenal boats. I actually love that boat very much. And uh, I, it's, I set it up this year heading into the springtime. Um, I never really set it up to do much fishing out of it. But I told her, I said, look, you know, uh, if we want to make a trip not too far from the house or make a quick trip and come back or maybe do some frogging out of it or do some crabbing, uh, take a saltwater trip, I said, I want to have it set up to where we could take the aluminum hunting boat and, uh, and we could take it out and do just about anything. It's easy to tow around. It's easy to clean. Very little maintenance on it. And uh, I said, that's what we're going to we're gonna use instead of pulling out the bass boat and taking it down to the saltwater marshes and stuff like that. So it's just, just ease of use, you know, something that's a lot easier to use and, and don't have to, you know, wipe it down when you get back, all that type of stuff. You guys know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. So that's exactly what we decided to take. So when I got back from work on Saturday, uh, I went and I pulled the cover off of the mud motor and I was thinking to myself, hopefully everything's good to go. I don't have no oil leak, nothing like that, uh, which honestly, the mud motor I have, my beaver tail 35 long tail has been phenomenal. It's 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 going on four seasons now, I think it is. We're going to be entering our fourth hunting season with it. And honestly, guys, I probably have under 100 hours on that motor. I don't actually have a tachometer on it. Uh, it didn't come with one when I bought it, but I guarantee you I don't have 100 hours on that motor. So it's still, in the grand scheme of things, fairly new, especially when it comes to hours. You, normally, I use it during hunting season. And then I, after hunting season, I, you know, I drain all the, the gasoline out of it, which I use non-ethanol only on it. And then I store it away. Um, and I'll crank it about once every month. Uh, just to kind of run it up until hunting season. And then I do an oil change and all my maintenance on it before hunting season, new spark plugs, new oil, all that type of stuff, air filter, and we're good to go. It has never let me down. So I went out there, I uncovered it up. I had drained all my fuel out of it after hunting season. Uh, I get out there and I go ahead, I turn it over and, you know, pump Well, before I turn it over, I pump the bulb, open up the fuel tank, attach the gas line, all the normal stuff you do. And uh, went ahead and I turned the key and sure enough, first turn popped off, ran, started running just like it should. And, uh, you know, business as usual. So, uh, so everything was good to go. I knew we were good to go for the next day. So next morning, uh, now we didn't check any tides or anything like that. She told me, she said, look, I want to get there early. She said, uh, to try to beat the crowds. It is Memorial day weekend. 
And uh, where we went down in Norco, Louisiana, uh, those of you who are familiar with that area, uh, there's two launches right there at the Bonacary Spillway. You have the first one that you see when you come across the levee, and then you have the, the, big, the big launch that I, I call it, which uh, has a big paved parking lot, nice boat launch, all that type of stuff. Uh, so we decided we were going to go to the second launch uh, and try to, you know, try our luck and test our luck in that area. Uh, so that's where we went. But she said, I want to get there early. She said uh, to try to beat the crowds because they do have a pier at the boat launch. And on Memorial Day weekend, we figured it was going to be packed. So we got there at, at daybreak, guys. And those of you who are fishing, you know, on the weekends right now, you know how it's getting earlier and earlier and earlier right now. Uh, it seems like, you know, you got to leave, you know, really, really early to get there. By the time you take the road trip, you undo, the, you know, you, you get ice, you get all that stuff, uh, maybe a little bit of breakfast, and then you get down to the launch. It's daybreak most of the time. So that's kind of what we experienced. We got down there, even though we left early, it was daybreak still. Uh, there was only like two or three boats at the launch when we got there. And uh, and I said, OK, I said, well, this is a good sign. I figured those boats were, were maybe doing some crabbing because it's not a real big area unless you run into Lake, uh, Lake Pontchartrain from that area, uh, which I figured on that day um, we were experiencing that cold front that had just came through on Saturday evening. Uh, Saturday night we had a cold front. So when we got there on Sunday, the winds were, were absolutely pumping. Um, it, was, it was some strong winds that we, we had that morning. And the temperature, like I said, when we left the house was 59 degrees. So you're sitting at 59 degrees in the last week in May in Louisiana. You're doing pretty good. Uh, that's something that's 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 not normal for us here in the uh, in the South, especially. So you know we had cool temperatures, and I told her, I said, I wonder how that's going to affect the crabs uh, because it didn't look like much you know much tide was pulling. It was more just the wind pumping, and uh, and a lot of times from my experiences, when you get those high winds like that. Um, the craft seemed to slow down a little bit, you know, the bite's not as good. So we, uh, we, we said, hell, you know, we're going, we're going to catch all we need to do is catch enough just to go along with our shrimp this afternoon. And we'll be able to put together a good ball. I want to mainly to get her some crabs because I don't know. I don't know. You know, growing up, like I said, wasn't exposed me personally to a lot of crabbing and in, in growing up in my family. Uh, you know, I'm a big old boy. When I sit down to at a, at a bowl to eat, I want to peel some crawfish. I want to peel some shrimp. I want to eat some corn and potatoes, some sausage, whatever it is that you put in the bowl. Uh, crabs, although I love the, 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 the flavor of boiled crabs, I love crabs to eat and crab cakes, that type of stuff. To me, crabs are a lot of work for the little bit of meat that you get. But somebody I understand, like my wife, who knows how to peel them, and that girl gets every bit of meat off of a, off of a blue crab that you could possibly get off of that crab, then I can see where it's a little bit more rewarding. So me, it's not so much I look forward to eating the crabs for the crab ball. I'm going to eat more of the shrimp or crawfish or whatever else we have, condiments to go along uh, or, you know, add-ons to go along with the crab ball that we end up doing. But uh, I wanted to catch just enough for her to go out there and make sure she had some to eat because that girl, like I said, this big, but she could she could really put it down. She could probably eat two dozen crabs by herself, no problem, and uh, and and probably fit a little bit more than that if she wants to. So uh, if not, she'll she'll save them and she'll eat them the next day, or she'll go out and she'll uh, she'll clean them all out of them and stuff like that. Win win for me. I have a wife, happy life, and uh, uh, and we have. 
have some good crab meat in the house to make some crab cakes or or, or have for uh for dinner for her tonight. But uh so we went out like I said, weather conditions wasn't exactly perfect for fishing, uh whether you crabbing or you fishing. Uh, winds were pumping out of the north, and uh, we ended up putting out our six six or seven crab traps that we had. We baited them up with turkey necks. We got the kids to help us out, participate. It wasn't on fire. But from what I've seen in the past, you know, from my experience, uh, which is – but my experience nonetheless is that sometimes that bait has to soak for a little bit as you start uh, start getting that, that scent out in the wall Sunday. But – uh, you know, like I said, the conditions weren't perfect. We ended up bringing home right around three dozen crabs, uh, and we stayed about three to four hours because uh, we wanted to get back early. We didn't want to get back too late because we wanted to have a ball with some friends that afternoon, and uh, and we didn't want to, you know, get back too late. You're dead tired. You burn out, and then you have to go start boiling, start cleaning after you ball, do all that type of stuff. Uh, but it, nonetheless, guys, we had a, we had a really good trip. We, uh, we caught right around three dozen crabs, which a lot of you guys listening are probably saying chumps, three dozen crabs. That's a hard, uh, it was all we needed for our family. And honestly, we, you know, I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to have to do, uh, you know, eight dozen or 10 dozen or, or, or more crabs, uh, because because we just didn't have that big of a group that we were balling for. So it was mainly our family, which our boys, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Jackson, my oldest one, that you guys – He's a uh, he's he's allergic. Shellfish, which poor boy. Oh, he has no idea how how bad that is until he probably gets a little bit older. But yeah, being a They were packed. They must have had 50 people on that pier that were all crabbing, and a lot of them were crabbing with strings, the old school way, you know, you throw out a turkey neck on a string, you wait for the crab to pick up on it, and then you kind of reel it in slow and scoop it up. So a lot of people were doing that. They had a couple of people with some small traps that were crabbing off the pier, 
And uh, they had a guy walk up toward me, and he said, hey, man, he said uh, he, he was hauling an ice chest, rolling an ice chest. And he said, hey, uh, he said, y'all had any luck? And I said, man, I said, not really. I said, we I said we had some, you know, we caught some crabs, but I said we got just about three dozen crabs that we ended up bringing home. I said it wasn't real good for us. We couldn't really get on them, and we had moved around in different areas all morning trying to kind of find, pinpoint them, and find where maybe there was a concentration, and we just never really got on that concentration of them. And uh, I said, how about you? I said, were y'all crabbing? And he said, yeah. He said, man, uh, he said, I've been coming in the mornings. He said, and I'm fishing off the pier. And he opened up the ice chest. And the guy had 10 dozen crabs, he told me, man. And I'm talking, this thing was full to the top, so I believe the guy. And uh, I said, man, I said, you caught all those off the pier? And he said, yeah. He started laughing. He said, yeah, man. Uh, he said, I caught them right here. He said, man, to be honest with you, he said, last week was absolutely on fire. He said, uh, we know we had a full moon this past weekend. And we had some warm weather last week with the wind kind of died down, uh, you know, and he said, man, we came out and we were fishing off the pier. Uh, he said, I actually came out in my boat one day, he said, and uh, he said, didn't have a whole lot of luck, kind of like you guys are doing today, he said. And I talked to a guy at the pier. He said the guy had two ice chests, him and his, his buddies, and they were catching crabs off the pier uh, right here at the boat launch. He said, so I told I told my buddy, I'm on vacation. He said, I'm going to come back this week. I'm going to fish off the pier. That's what he did. And he had an ice chest. Like I said, 10 dozen is what he told me he had. And I saw the crabs, guys, some big old humongous Louisiana blue crabs that he caught right there off the pier. So uh, he he told me he did. He was catching his off of chicken, off of raw chicken is what he was catching them on. So uh, that's something that we were doing a little bit different. We were fishing turkey, you know, turkey necks and stuff like that. So maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but for some reason in the boat, we couldn't get on them like he did off the pier. Uh, but I told my wife, I said, well, I'll be, you know, God darn. I said, uh, here we are in the boat, uh, you know, trying to go out there and catch some crabs. I said, and we got this guy right here off the pier, right at the launch where we launched that. I said, he loaded up the ice chest right there. So she immediately guess what her response was. She was like, Hey, we got to come back. We got to go off the pier. We, we we might not bring the boat. We don't need to bring the boat. We're just gonna bring bring some uh some traps and we can put them right here off the pier or fish them off of strings. And I told her, I said, well, we can't come back next week. I said because we're going on vacation. Uh, I said so we might have to wait a couple of weeks. But uh, but I ended up talking to a couple of people and they were catching them. Man, they had been on fire the last couple of days before we got there. Um, and they said they thought it was going to kind of get back to that this week as the weather stabilized a little bit. That front kind of moved it, uh, moved out and things kind of warmed up a little bit. So if you're looking to go out and catch some crabs, guys, you want to go out with the family, have a good time. Maybe go check out that Norco area, that, that Bonnie Carey Spillway area. Uh, you don't even necessarily have to have a boat. Um, I have a good buddy of mine. I talked to him yesterday and he said, man, he said, where you have any reports on crabs? I said, yeah, actually I do. I said, I told him about where we went and what, you know, reports we had got while we were there. And, uh, uh he's a big kayak guy. He said, uh, he said, man, he said, you think if I take the kayak out, I could go and catch them? I said, absolutely. I said, you can take the kayak. I said, or you could probably do some fishing for him off the pier. Uh, cause he's off during the week a lot of times. So I said, you probably won't have a big crowd of people during the week. I said, man, go try off the pier first. I said, and I guarantee you, you could probably catch uh, all you want for you and Jenny and the boys to eat. So uh, I think he's going to make a trip this week. Uh, today is Wednesday that we're recording the show. So I think he told me he was going to try to get out there maybe uh, tomorrow or Friday uh, if the weather, the rain held off, and they're going to try to do a little bit of crabbing. So hopefully I can get you guys maybe another little report next week 
uh, when we get back from vacation, I can tell you guys uh, what they called if they made a trip out there. But, uh, but yeah, all around, guys, like I said, uh, you know, Lake Maripaul, they've been having some good reports right before the, uh, the, the big winds in the front and all that kicked up. Um, I had a couple of good buddies of mine that went. They were catching big numbers of crabs right there in the, in the pass at Manchac. Uh, so that's an area that you can maybe go and check out as well. Uh, that you, chances are right now with the crabs running, we're coming off a full moon. It's a good time to go. I can tell you was, was something that's kind of odd that we saw. And, and I, once again, not being the crab expert by any means. Uh, so bear with me, guys. You may take this for granted. But pretty much 90% of what we caught uh, we're all male crabs this this week. Um, so that's something that my wife and I noticed immediately. And that girl, she'll literally pick up a crab and she'll kind of uh, shake it like this. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see it. But for those of you listening, uh, she'll pick up a, a, one of them big crabs and it might be a massive blue crab. She'll pick it up and she'll put it to her ear and kind of shake it like she'd be shaking like like a, a bottle full of sand or something, you know, or like you pick up a seashell and you put it to your ear to listen, you know, the old, the old say and pick up the seashell and you can hear the ocean. Uh, she'll do that with, a, with these crabs and she'll drop it back down. And when I first started dating her and I went to these crab balls uh, with her family, she would do that. She, she grabbed these crabs off the table and she'd pick it up and she'd shake it and she'd drop it. And I was watching her do this. And, you know, at the time I didn't want to call her out on it because I was, I was the new guy. I was the boyfriend. I was trying to get to know the family, you know. So I wanted to. I didn't want to call her out and be like, "What the hell are you doing? You look like you look like a, a fool." You know what? You're losing your mind. What's going on? And whenever we, you know, we had left that that ball, and I had noticed her doing that, I asked her. I said, "You know, I said I saw you picking up those crabs, and you'd shake them. I said you drop them. I said what the hell you were doing? You know what what was going on with that?" And she said, "Well, simple. She said they weren't full." You know, and that's what they say. They say, oh, the crab's not full. And what they mean by that for all of you out of state uh, that don't do any kind of type of crabbing, and this is a Louisiana thing maybe, is that uh, when they say a crab is full, that means that it's full of meat, you know. So it, it's it's heavy. It's, it's got a lot of good crab meat inside of it. If the crab's not full, uh, you know, it'll have meat in the pinchers and areas like that, but it's not going to have a lot of meat and fat in the body itself that you could peel out of it. So she would pick up these crabs and she would kind of shake them and then she'd drop them down. And the reason she was dropping them down is because the crabs weren't full. And I looked at it and I said, you got to be shitting me. You know, I said, are you serious? I said, you could tell that. And she said, absolutely. She says, I've been doing this my whole life. She said, my family has been eating crabs, boiling crabs since I was, I was a little girl, baby. You know, she said, so when I started eating crabs, I learned that from my parents. My parents learned it from their parents. And that's, you know, anybody who knows crabs and eats crabs all the time on a regular basis knows when a crab is full and when it's not full. So I thought that was absolutely amazing that she could do that. And to this day, she will still do it. She'll pick up a crab. She'll shake it, you know, put it to her ears. She'll shake it and then she'll drop it. Or, or nowadays, she don't drop too many of them. She'll eat them even though they're not full. But uh, but when she was at a crab ball with a lot of people, she was looking for those crabs that were full of meat, for, you know, nice bald crab meat. And uh, she would pick up those full ones and she'd tear into those. But the ones that weren't full, she'd shake them and drop them. So it's the funniest thing. So if you're not from Louisiana and you listen to the podcast, which a lot of you guys are from out of state, if you ever go to a crab ball and you see somebody picking up a big crab at a crab ball and shaking it and they drop it, then 
there's nothing wrong with it. Don't be afraid to eat it, other than the fact that there is not as much meat in that particular crab as maybe some of the other ones. And, I, you know, I know she says that the moon affects them and stuff like that. So, you know, this weekend, the ones that we caught, she said a lot of them just weren't full, which uh, looking at them, I would have thought the opposite because some of them were big crabs, you know, and you would think those are are going to be full because of the size of them and she said nope she said it's actually not she said uh she said it'll fool you don't let the don't go by looks alone she said she can pick it up kind of feel the weight of it and she knows immediately if it is or isn't so if you see somebody doing that you go to a crab ball don't think they're insane like i did with her uh that's just that's just somebody who's very experienced when it comes to crab crab uh, balls and eating bald crabs and uh, they're looking for specific ones that they want to uh, focus in on. So, but uh, but right now, like I said, guys, it is prime time. Get out there. You could go out there with the family, get you some crab nets. I actually went over to my local academy yesterday, uh, and I was looking. I said, you know what? I might pick up some some nets, some just some you know inexpensive nets for us to have in the meantime. Because, like I said, we could borrow some from our our family members anytime we want to, and they have the nice traditional handmade nets. Uh, so I said, I might just pick up some, some cheap sample nets from Academy and, uh, and we could use, but I went over and you could tell that the word has gotten out that everybody that enjoys crabbing and likes to go crabbing, fishing for crabs, they've been buying them out, man. Uh, they had a couple of nets in stock, but nothing that I thought was worth it. That was going to hold up for any amount of time. So I, I decided to pass on it. I said, Hey, I'll just either spend some money and I'll uh, invest in a good set of crab traps, or I'll just continue borrowing my brother-in-laws and my father-in-laws, and uh, and and just have to take extra special care of their traps uh, whenever we use them. But uh, they are good quality, so I can't, I can't complain there. And they're willing to let us borrow them. Why not borrow them? We we'll use them, catch some crabs, return them, and everybody's happy. So, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what we did this week, guys. Uh, you know, like I said, besides that, the fishing has been very difficult. I told you guys a couple of hot spots to check out. If you're just tuning in now, uh, we were talking about a hot, some hot reports coming out for panfish uh, down in Evangelion Parish out of Miller's Lake. Uh, you know, it, uh, it's a lake that I frequented as a child growing up. Uh, grew up literally right next to it. Uh, did a lot of fishing there. And if you want to go catch some big, massive uh, black and orange bull brim, Head on over to Evangelion Paris. Uh, stop at an industrial supply uh, down in Villeplat, Louisiana. You can get some bait, some crickets. I know they sell a lot of your outdoor equipment, your fishing tackle, uh, hunting equipment. Those of you who duck hunt during hunt season, if you're ever in that area, stop in an industrial supply in Villeplat. Uh, they have a large selection usually of shotguns, uh, rifles. They can get you any kind of hunting equipment that you need. So if you need to pick up something and you find yourself in that area, uh, you know, during hunting season, that's the place to stop at and uh, get your bait, get your uh, hunting equipment and uh, pick up a license if you need that type of stuff uh, or a fishing license. Because right now, guys, and, and as I mentioned in fishing license, we are now in June. Uh, so all fishing licenses are going to expire at the end of this month. So, you know, those of you who don't have lifetime hunting or fishing licenses, you have to renew your licenses. June is the month that we have to renew them. And nowadays, it's so easy. You can go online, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries online. You can get on it on your smartphone, on your computer at home. You can renew your license, and you can get everything you need to download it to your phone. That way, you don't have to carry the old school paper licenses in your wallet, that type of stuff. And uh, it's, it's just easier now, guys, just like it is with the, uh, the WMA check-in now, how they have the digital setup for the WMA check-in. 
uh, that you can check into the wildlife management areas from your phone. You can knock that out and you don't have to go looking for those old paper ballots like we used to have to fill out. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of advancements that the state has been making. Uh, I know a lot of people bitch and moan and complain about the state all the time with wildlife and fisheries and other organizations. But at the end of the day, it's good to see some of our taxpayer money going back to programs like the uh, the digital check-in for the wildlife management areas and the online uh, purchasing applications for your uh, for your licensings and uh, all, all your licensing that you get, you need. So, uh, you know, I'm of the older generation. I really wish I would have been set up with uh, my lifetime hunting and fishing license and somebody like me who is in the outdoors all the time, 24-7 when I'm off, uh, I really should still buy a lifetime fishing license. But now, 42 years old, I don't know why I haven't pulled the trigger and done that. Uh, it's something I should have done years ago. But I know I'm blessed. My two sons have theirs. Uh, their grandparents, my, my wife's father that I mentioned earlier, him and my mother-in-law, that was something that they gave to our boys as uh, presents for Christmas, uh, you know, as they, they were born. And that's what a great gift to give somebody who's a, who's a young uh, child that's you want to get involved in the outdoors. If I could go back and do it, I would have done it years ago for myself. Um, and I still may do it. I still, that's something I probably need to go ahead and do because over the long haul, you save so much money by buying a lifetime fishing and hunting license. Uh, so for a child, it is an absolute no brainer. Uh, it, it will save them so much money over the long haul. And all they basically have to do is if they're a duck hunter or a waterfowl hunter, they can purchase their, their federal stamps. Um, but pretty much everything else is going to be covered for the most part with their lifetime hunting and fishing licenses. So you can look up those prices. I'm not exactly sure what the prices are right now. Some of you guys probably know, but uh, you could go to Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries website. They'll tell you the prices on it. Um, and Jackson, now with him being 12, he'll be 13 next year. It's time for him to take his uh, hunter's education course. So that's something else we got to get done. Uh, for those of you who are, uh, you know, you have those those 12, 13, 14 year olds. Um, once they hit 16 years old, guys, they have to have a valid hunting and fishing license just like any adult. So if you have a child that's in that range, they might just now be getting into hunting or fishing. Uh, you got to make sure that before they turn 16, they have to have that hunter's education course uh, or they, they won't be able to uh, get themselves a hunting or fishing license. So very important. That's something that we're going to have to get Jackson to do. And from what I'm told, it's different than when I was a kid. You know, we had to go to a class. We had to sit in a classroom. Uh, it was just like being at school kind of. We had to go for a whole day pretty much from what I remember. And then after you did the classroom part, you had to take a shooting part. So you had to go out uh, on another day and you had to shoot a, 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 a shotgun. They, I think it was a shotgun they gave us at the time, maybe a 20-gauge. Uh, and we had to go out. We had to shoot uh, in order to get our hunter certification uh, class passed. And nowadays, from what I'm told, is that you can do that also online. So, you know, everything, we're, we live in a digital age. That's how we come to you guys uh, with, with the show here, with the podcast and with the YouTube channel and so on and so forth, all the social media platforms that we have that we, that we have available for you guys. Um, so everything now is digital. And from what I was told, um, I was asking around about Jackson, where he could go to take his. And they said, oh, he don't actually have to go nowhere. He could take that from uh, from home on a laptop, you know. Uh, so that could be done online. But I think you still have to go and do the shooting uh, portion of it in person. So um, I'll have to get the details on that. But if you have a child in that age range uh, and they're looking to, you know, they're getting into hunting and fishing more and more and more and they may have got into it late, 
they're going to need that course, uh, the hunter's education course, if they plan on getting a hunting license. Um, and then also nowadays they have a boater's education course that they have to have uh, if they plan on operating a boat of their own in the future. So uh, from what I hear, that is a absolute kind of BS course. They say it's kind of boring, but it's it's also kind of tough when they go to take the test. I don't know. I'm old enough to where I didn't have to have it. Uh, but there's still a lot of people my age, I have to be honest, that probably need a boater's education course that uh, operate boats that I see on the water on a, on a weekly basis that could probably use the course themselves. So even adults could go and take it. If, you, if you're not required to have the course by law, you can still go. Anybody can sign up for it. You can go take the boater's education course. It's probably a great thing to get a refresher anyway. Uh, and from what I hear it, uh, you know, it's something that's, a, it's tougher than most people think, but it's something that's beneficial in the long run. If you, if you're having questions about proper boating ethics on the water, it's a good way to go do it. Uh, you can do it online and it can be all taken care of from the comforts of y'all at home from what I understand. So, but, uh, but if you're a kid born after a certain date, which I'm not exactly, once again, I apologize, not exactly short of dates guys, but I want to say 1983. 586 somewhere in there i could be wrong you guys could comment in on it correct me if i'm wrong on that but uh if you're born sometimes in that ballpark or afterwards by law here in louisiana they have to have a boater's education course if they're going to operate a boat here in the state of louisiana so lots of stuff uh lots of stuff for them to be involved in with them being out for the summertime it's a great time to get them involved in the outdoors guys i always talk about that throughout the season, get a youth involved in the outdoors, take them fishing with you, take them hunting with you. Uh, right now, hunting season is not open. So take them fishing. There's so many opportunities that you can get to take a, a youth in, you know, outdoors and get them involved and take them on the water, whether it's bank fishing, whether it's in a boat, you go boat fishing with them. Uh, or if it's not even fishing in general, we have, we have state parks here that are, uh, you know, all across the state of Louisiana, you know, I mentioned Chico state park a while ago. I grew up, uh, right around Chico state park. It's the largest state park here in the state of Louisiana. And it's a beautiful park. You could go, there's nature trails. You could take them on. Uh, there's campsites. You can do tent camping. You can do primitive camping. You can do camper camping. Uh, and nowadays these campgrounds are having events go on at them. Those of you who are involved in RV camping and stuff like that, you know how popular it's become. Uh, it's another great way to expose, you know, a lot of our children to the outdoors. And who knows, from there, they may love camping. They may want to start hunting. They may want to start fishing. And the more children that we get involved in outdoors and get them involved, you know, in participating in gun sales and fishing tackle sales and license sales and all that type of stuff, it's going to benefit them. Is going to benefit the local communities, the local businesses. Is going to benefit the state. Everybody benefits from it, and it, it's a great thing um, to get them involved in, guys. So get them out there, get them involved in it, um, and you know, hell, share your pictures with us. We love to see pictures when we get a youth uh, or an adolescent that gets a picture sent into us because they're fired up because they killed their first deer or they shot their first duck or they caught, you know, the first fish bass that they may have ever caught on their own. There's nothing more rewarding to us, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a social media platform to see kids sending in pictures to us or videos to us or commenting on our stuff because, Hey, I watched your video. 
And, uh, man, I really liked it, and I wanted to try that, and I love doing it now. Now I'm hooked on it, you know. So we we get comments like that, and that's so awesome. That's what this is. This whole social media thing, this whole podcast thing, that's what this is all about, guys. This is why we started this, um, and this is what I did it for, is to meet people, to get to know people, make friends with people that enjoy the outdoors just like we do that are tuned into this podcast or that are tuned into this live stream on YouTube, on our channel. Um, that's what it's all about. And I, you hear me talk about that and I don't want to overdo it when I say it, but that's what it's all about at the end of the days, guys. We love it. I'm 42 year old man and I still love it like I was when I was a kid. And because I was introduced to it as a kid is why I still have that drive and that addiction to get out there and do what I do in the outdoors and why my boys want to do it and why your boys want to do it. So it's so awesome to get them out there. It'll keep them out of trouble, hopefully in the long run, guys. And it, you'll see the benefits of it down the road. I guarantee you, you will. I'm seeing it with my boys now, and I, I hope I continue to see it. You know, And what I talk to my boys about all the time is I say, you know what, when I'm too old to do it on my own, when I'm too old to grab a hold of that, that 35 horsepower long tail that whips daddy's butt all season long during duck season, uh, that I want to look forward to you being able to take me uh, hunting and get me to the duck blind or get me to the fishing hole. And my boys always laugh and they say, oh, dad, you got a long time, you know, before that happens. Uh, but really, guys, it flies by. It's in a blink of an eye. Many of you listening know that already. And if you don't know it already, you will if you have children or or even if you don't have children, father time and, you know, passes so quickly. And, and it's something that, you know, being involved in the outdoors and hunting and fishing and stuff like that, it's something that we're blessed because we get to do it. There's no age limits on it. You know, usually you get to do it as long as you're healthy enough to do it. So I always tell the boys, I say, hey, I want you to be able to carry on this tradition of taking your kids and taking me as their grandfather later on, hopefully uh, duck hunting or fishing or frogging or whatever it may be in the outdoors. So hopefully we can do it for many generations to come. And I hope you guys could do it with your families for many generations to come. So, well, guys, I know I told you I was going to keep it shorter than last week. We are now at one hour and one minute into the podcast, and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. That's all I have for you this week. But as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you guys like this episode and you're watching on our Facebook channel, please give it a thumbs up, a like, a smash, a subscribe. We would appreciate it. Uh, because it goes a long way. We appreciate you telling your friends about it. Share it with your friends. We really appreciate that. And if you're listening to us on audio through the podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, guys, if you could like the show and you could give us a quick review, we appreciate it. It moves us up the list on, on uh, podcast episodes for outdoor industry. And uh, I can tell you, we have really moved up over the last two years, and it's been uh, helping us meet a lot of you guys that are nationwide. Uh, even some of the listeners are out of the country, so that's pretty cool that we get to talk to. And that's all done by you guys sharing the podcast and tuning in on a weekly basis. It moves us up. The more listens we get, the more shares we get. If we get reviews, that moves us up the list as far as uh, moving up at the top of the list for uh, podcast in our genre to be able to uh, guys to find us a lot easier so we really do appreciate it uh and don't forget to check out a lot of the great companies that you hear us talk about on the show all the time guys guys like beaver creek game calls our guy patrick Kirkfitz, 
He'll make you a custom duck call, deer call, turkey call, whatever it is. If you're looking for a custom crafted call, go see Patrick Kirk Fitz at Beaver Creek Game Calls. Check him out. Tell him the guys at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoor sent you. Uh, other great companies, Wrap It Up, Cajun Customs, our buddy Ro Romeo Mamalo. If you're looking to protect that shotgun, rifle, uh, handgun, he can wrap it in your favorite camo vinyl wrapping, protect it for many years to come. Very affordable, half of the price of what hydro dipping and stuff like that costs, and it'll last just as long, guys. It looks awesome. Check them out on Facebook, Wrap It Up Cajun Customs, Romeo Mamalo, and so many others that we talk about. It's fishing season. My boy Blake Benoit, we had him on the show from Benoit Custom Baits. Had him on the show recently. Great interview with Blake. Uh, make some great custom you know, bass baits, whether it's soft plastics, crappie jigs, crappie jig heads. Blake got it all over at Benoit Custom Baits. And our boy, Chris uh, Thornton over at Cajun Tackle House. You heard us interview Chris uh, about two or three episodes ago. He was on recently with us out of Morgan City, Louisiana, another great Louisiana tackle company. Chris could do anything from custom rods for you to uh, tackle that you guys need to fill holes in your inventory. Go see him down in Morgan City, Louisiana at Cajun Tackle House. Look him up on Facebook. He could get you any kind of custom-built fishing rod you're looking for and much, much, much more over at Cajun Tackle House. So give him a call and tell all those great companies that the guys at, Cajun, at Last Stop Waterfowl, excuse me, sent them to you. I promise you they like the feedback that you guys give them. So that's it, guys. Until next week, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do a show next week. We're going to be on vacation, like I mentioned. And then I'm not sure exactly what day we'll be back in the uh, – in uh in town to or being back in the studio so if we don't get back with you guys next week we will definitely be back the following week but until then this is jacob with last stop waterfowl outdoors hopefully we'll see you guys in the outdoors and we are signing off for tonight y'all take care guys have a good evening